we're in this series called Foundations. How firm is your foundation? The reason it matters is, like you heard me share in the first week, uh, God hasn't called us to be kind of a scattered person, a build in the sand, a build in the loose. Uh, he, he wants us planted. I shared the story of when we were camping. Uh, you know, you're camping, and so you just you take your, te- your tent, and you just kind of stake it in a little bit, and it's out by the beach, so it's just in the sand. But as soon as the wind and the waves came, what did I have to do? We had to run out there, pull everything in before it took off. Essentially, everything we efforted to build had to be torn down because we didn't build properly. Are you tracking with me? And it's the same thing in the scripture. It's saying, hey, be careful not to waste your time. Don't waste your life building and efforting in sand in improper soil. Build the foundation, build it on the rock, set things true. You understand what I'm saying? And, uh, and so we talked about that a little bit. And then I shared at our dirt bike track, uh, we got a motocross track that we've put together and we go out there and ride, but it's in the Grand Haven area. And so a lot of the soil uh, is sandy soil. It's just near the uh, you know, lake shore, it's Grand Haven. And so a lot of it is sand. And so what ends up happening is when we try to build a jump or a, a berm turn, which is like a banked turn that you wanna hit with some speed, uh, if, you, if you build it with sand, it doesn't hold, it doesn't remain, it doesn't stay. Why? Because it's loose, it doesn't stay together. The other thing about that kind of sand is uh, a lot of times we get tempted to build those jumps. Uh, we have better dirt in other areas uh, because of some excavating that happened. And so a lot of times we'll get lazy rather than going and getting the good stuff, making the effort to get the good stuff and bring it where we need it. We just kind of build with what's the best around. You understand what I'm saying? And we put that together, but the end result is not good. It doesn't remain. It doesn't stay. Uh, I've also noticed uh, we just got a whole bunch of rain. And as a matter of fact, I was at the track yesterday and I noticed as we got the hard rain, as the hard rains came, what does that sand do? It shifts, it moves, it washes away. And so I go out to the track and what used to be put here because of the rain got carried over here. And that's a problem we're seeing in society. People say, oh, I'm this, but then when the rain comes, it allow, we allow it to move us over to another thing. And the scripture's saying, don't be that. Be somebody who believes in an absolute truth, a real God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and build on that. Amen. So the scripture uh, that we find here in Matthew 7, uh, it's really found in a put together uh, several chapters of Jesus' most famous sermon. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, it's his longest sermon. People also call it his greatest sermon. But in it, and even at the end of it, uh, he starts to give this wrap-up of these truths that I think really matter to us today. See, he didn't want to just tell us a good story. This wasn't just a, hey, let's throw some things in there because we got to fill this book called the Bible. He's like, no, this is the way to live. I have come to show you how to have life, have it more abundantly, have it better. I'm, I'm showing you how to do this thing, not just filling a book with stories. Amen. And so he says in Matthew 7, 21, he says, not everyone, so this is kind of the wrap up. This is, this is getting into like the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. See, we have a problem in church today where a whole bunch of people come in and we worship, worship, or we say, Lord, Lord, and we say, bless, and I'm blessed, and God, and we say all of these church things, but when it comes time to actually do the word, do the will of the Father, then, then it changes. And this, this whole warning about build properly is saying, like, build on my truths. Basically, it's saying, exist, be, 
a person who's founded on the rock, exist in these truths. Don't just come and say, Lord, Lord, and worship, worship, and we say a few things. No, it's a, it has to be what you're literally, fundamentally built to, attached to, made on. Are you with me? Uh, I love this version. Uh, the Passion Translation in verse 21 says it like this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the realm of heaven's kingdom. It is only for those who persist in doing the will of my heavenly father. Persisting is hard, isn't it? <clears throat> Excuse me. In the kingdom of God, persisting is hard. We love to come in and say, Lord, Lord, but to persist, to stay founded, to stay rooted, to stay at the core on the rock of it is a whole nother thing. Amen. And so it was saying, look, look, if you're going to do this thing, you have to be a person who persists in doing what God has called you to do. God didn't give us, so I take this from the scripture. Jesus is saying, like, I didn't give you all of these words and teachings and ideas to entertain you. I gave you all of this stuff, and I'm saying all of these things so that you do it. It's not like, hey, let's gather up some people. I'm going to say a bunch of shiny things. No, it's gather up all the people so that they know what they need to go do. Because we're called to go do. Amen. That's the rock living. That's the foundation living. It's, it's, like, it's like when your family, you speak of your family, you say, oh, you know, in this house, that's what we do. That's what needs to be said about Christianity. Oh, you're a Christian? Then I know what you do. You love people. You pray for the sick. Are you with me? All these things. Because it's what we do. I didn't give you all these shiny things to say because I wanted you to be entertained. I'm saying it because it's, it's what we need to be doing. Jesus wasn't a storyteller. He was a way shower. I know that's not a real thing, but he was somebody who showed the way. He didn't say, hey, look at me. I'm going to come tell you all these great stories. He was saying, look, I've come to show you the way to live. Maybe that's why he's called the good shepherd. He comes in and he says, hey, look, I'm shepherding you in the way to do this thing. Here's the way. Now what? Do it and persist in doing it. Don't be a sinking sand that moves and shifts and changes. Be founded on the rock and do what I've spoke to you to do. Amen. I love in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you do not do what I say? So puzzling to him. Like, why do you do that? Why do we come in and worship, worship, and then don't do what we worship about? Why do we say, Lord, Lord, and then we turn and we don't live that way the rest of the week? Or are we called to be people who live in the foundation of the rock and what he's called us to be? Amen. Are you doing your beliefs is essentially what we're saying in this verse. It's saying, look, why do you come in and say this and say that? Are you doing it? Are you doing your beliefs? Uh, or is your belief just kind of a theory or an idea? Like, oh, I believe in God. Well, if you believe in something, it changes your behavior. If I believed something about, you know, my car or my something or whatever capability that I have in my life, if it's something I believe that has a capability, then I walk in that. If, if I didn't believe in it, I wouldn't walk in it. And so if we're saying, God, I believe in your ways, and your, then, then you're going to walk in it. Amen. 
Uh, you've heard me say it before. Proof is in the pursuit of it. You've heard me use this illustration all the time. The proof that you're actually uh, believing or, or, or going for something is, is the proof is in the pursuit. If I said, I'm going to be a keyboard player, I'm going to be the greatest keyboard player. And then a month later, you come to me and say, how's that going? You know, I know you said you're going to be a keyboard player. Have you taken lessons? No, I didn't take lessons. Did you get a keyboard? No, I didn't get a keyboard. Ha have you done? No, I haven't done anything. Well, then how many you know I'm really not setting out to be a keyboard player because there's no pursuit of it. We do the same thing in the kingdom of God. We say, God, I, I want you. I believe. I want your will for my life. I want to step into your destiny. All right, what are you doing? Where's the proof in the pursuit of it? Amen. If you don't like me saying it, then check out James chapter 2, verse 24. It says, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do, not by faith alone or not by just belief alone. It's by what we do. Now, I'm not going to get way off in the ditch and say, oh, you know, that means we're all called to works. The way that we obtain righteousness is by all of our holy works. Uh, that gets you way off onto the other side of things. But what it's saying is it's saying like it does at some point require us to do some things. To be rooted and, and founded and placed in the rock. And the rock does what? It calls us to things. It calls us into action. Amen. I, uh, I thought about my kids. You go to my, I always get these sort of illustrations from my kids. And here's why God is, is always calling us to action. What we do in the kingdom of God is we always pray to God, God, do this for me. I have faith and I believe that you can do this for me. And a lot of times God is saying, hey, I want to partner with you because it grows you. So my kids right now, uh, Charlie, I have a truck, and so it has a running board, and then you get into the, to the back. And so he's at the age that it's a lot of effort for him to make the climb all the way into the truck. He's got to pull on seat belts and car seats and sister's hair and all those things to get in. And, uh, and so many of the times, depending on his mood, we get to the point where I'm standing there, I got the door open, I'm ready to close it behind him, and he gets there, and he gets to me, and he's like, Dad, I want you to do it for me. Just, just put me in. And you know what I do as a loving, kind dad? I say, do it yourself because <laughs> I'm going to close the door behind you, but I want you to learn to get in this truck, son. You know, like you're going to have to learn how to get in and do these things and climb on stuff. And, and, and it's the same way the kingdom of God, we show up to God and we just say, dad, do it all. And God is over here like, no, I want, I want you to believe uh, in me and, and us together. And I want you to learn how to climb this mountain and get this victory with me. Are you understand what I'm saying? And so, so many times we just, we, we boil Christianity down to, I'm just going to have faith and I'm just going to believe that God's going to do it all for me. And God is like, no, together we can do it. You put that faith with your action and we'll see the miraculous. Are you with me? Matthew chapter seven, verse 24. This is actually the, the parable that we're basing a lot of this series off. In verse 24, it says this, it says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice or action, is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, and beat against the house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice or action is like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, and beat against it, and it fell with a great crash, a great crash, because you can't fake it. 
when the storms come and the winds blow and the rain hits, it will be a great crash. You can fake it to me. You can fake it to your spouse. You can fake it to your coworkers. You can fake it to people on Facebook. But when the storms come, if you're not planted on the rock, if you don't, as we sang this morning, have that firm foundation, it will be a great crash in your life. There's a lot of things we can pretend to be and pretend to do, but when the storms come in life and the enemy comes at your door, you can't fake it. It has to be planted true. I looked up some of the um, components of sand, and as you heard me mention earlier, sand versus other dirt uh, has the highest tendency to travel. So the rain comes, the storms hit, and sand moves. Uh, we see a huge problem with that, not just in culture, people always changing their mind and shifting things and making up new rules, but we actually see it a lot in the church. Stuff happens, I'm offended, and they want to move their sand pile. Then they get over here, and they don't build anything firm, and they don't build anything firm, and then they're offended again, and they move their sand pile, and they delete the staff off Facebook, and then they've moved their sand Are you with me? <laughs> you think it's funny, but it's so true. And everybody's moving their sand. Why? Because sand, it's not a firm foundation. Sand travels fast. And uh, it, it travels. And what I noticed at the dirt bike track is we had this storm. The good dirt that we have around there, it remained. Solid foundation, though the rain came, though the winds blew, though the acorns fell on my track. Uh, every, it stayed in place. It was a firm foundation. It was built well. But sand traveled. Sand, if you look up the definition, it's a loose, granular substance. You could just change culture. What's the definition of American culture? A loose, granule substance. Always changing, always shifting, always making up no new rules, always patty caking each other. Amen? Sand, by definition, leans toward disassembly. It leans toward disassembly. Or it's taken apart with ease taken apart with ease. And so how many want to be the people that build their life like that, leaning toward disassembly, taken apart with ease? No, we want firm foundation. And that's why Jesus was saying, you have to build your life on my principles and you have to take it seriously and with action or your life will lean toward disassembly and be taken apart with ease. How many have ever ran out in the summer and uh, you're ready to pot those plants, I guess in the spring, you're ready to pot those things and put them together, and you run out for your flower pots and you get a bag of sand because you're going to plant. No, why? Because there's only one thing that grows in sand, and it's weeds. It's stuff you don't want. It's the same thing in our life. When you build your life on sand, and there may be cactuses or something that grow, I don't know. Don't overanalyze this. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Sand, it doesn't produce, it doesn't root anything in your life. You need solid substance. Are you with me? Yeah. The dangerous time that we live in is we live in a culture that is doing what sand does. We work to take apart with ease. We redefine gender and we redefine this and we try to redefine and we say, oh, this can happen uh, outside of marriage and this can happen. And we're always redefining and taking apart with ease what God called to be a truth. Are you with me? There's no absolute truth. There's no absolute one way to heaven. There's no, and we're blurring all the lines and taking apart with ease. When God said, you got to live your life on a solid rock. Yeah. I thought about in my life, uh, I'm so grateful that in my life, I have people and, and, and things in my life 
that are that are bedded on the rock, that are built and, and secured to the rock. Because when things hit my marriage, things try to come against my family, I'm so grateful that it's not up for debate what we're going to do. Right. Stuff comes, things happen. It's not, oh, oh, oh. It's No, we're on the rock. We're going to be fine. When financial things come and when things start to happen, it's not, how are we going to solve it? How are we going to fix it? It's like, oh, we're on the rock. We're going to be fine. Right. And too many people are, are, are that shifting sand. You've built in poor processes. And when stuff comes, sand travels. Are you with me? I thought about this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. This begins to describe the way that God has called the body of Christ to live. And it's not a body of Christ that's easily taken apart or easily given to disassembly. It actually says this. It says, and God has appointed some with grace to be apostles and some with grace to be prophets and some with grace to be evangelists and some with grace to be pastors and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all holy believers to do their own works. There we are again of ministry And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. What's it talking about? It's talking about making a firm body of Christ, building it up, strengthening it. Then it says this, these grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness. It doesn't say disassembled, pulled apart easy. It says the whole work of this body of Christ is to actually bring us together more firm. Are you with me? So it puts us together in oneness that the faith until we experience the fullness of what it means to know the son of God and fully become one perfect, there it is again, one perfect man with the full dimensions of the spiritual maturity and fully develop in the abundance of Christ. Again, that's the passion translation. But what's the whole point of how we build the body of Christ? We build the body of Christ of coming together, not pulling apart, coming together so that what? We're strong and healthy. Amen. John 15, 4. It says another way of saying how it's important for us to be in oneness in him. John 15, 4 says, remain in me and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, but it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. It's, talk about, it's talking about a solidness to something. I just wonder if in our lives, the way that we serve God, the way that we live for God is instead of building on it, we build it into the other things we stand on. Let me say it a different way. You got all your other stuff you've prioritized. You got work, you got kids, you got your house, you got, you know, career, you got all the things that you want to do and you're building on those things. And then with what else is left, you put God into it. I guess I got enough time over here to serve. I guess I got enough money over here to give that little bit. I guess I got enough. Instead of building, remaining in him, everything we do being him first. Does that make sense? That's the rock. That's the foundation we're talking about. Because when the winds and the storms and all of the things come against you, you're going to want to say, this is the thing that I can hold to. This storm doesn't scare me. This wind doesn't scare me. This situation, this circumstance doesn't stand, scare me. Why? Because like Hebrew says, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he won't fail me. I can cling to this rock. I can build on this rock. Amen? Amen. I'll close with this. I'm actually going to have the band come forward. As they're putting things together, I have a story I want to share for you. Maddie's falling apart. <laughs> 
uh, I do want to share this story as they get in place. Uh, So I want you to keep this in mind as you're going through life and going through things throughout the week. Sand scatters. It moves. It takes off. You're building things. You're like, I just feel like I'm not getting anywhere. You probably built some sand places that are scattering on you. We've all felt that way. Man, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Yeah, the sand is shifting. It's moving on you. Build on the rock. Rocks remain. Rocks remain. You know, storms come, things move, but rocks remain. We have to build on the rock. Uh, There's a story on the East Coast, and uh, it tells the story of how a lighthouse had lost its light. And... uh, Terrible storms are coming, and uh, it's actually a true story. And the boats are quickly trying to come back in. They're trying to get back into position. They're trying to get back in up out of the storm. And because the lighthouse without was out, uh, as uh, the neighborhood began to come along the shore and light fires, and they were covering the best they can. They were trying to illuminate, uh, you know, the the shoreline, and so people could see. But along the shoreline, they noticed uh, one of the uh, sailors had been thrown out of the ship. Uh, there's this crash happening, and all these boats are in great trouble. And they saw that this man had been thrown out, but they couldn't get to him. And they saw that he got to a rocky place. And they interviewed him later after he had just clung to the rock. He grabs onto this rock, and he's just holding with all his might, which happens to us, right? You just get to the rock place, and you're like, all I'm going to do is to hold the rock. I'm not going to try to figure this thing out. So they interviewed him afterwards, and they said, hey, um, how did you feel? What did you think? And were you scared, and were you worried? And they made, he made this great statement. He said, listen, I knew that eventually the winds would stop, the waves would move, the rain would cease, but I knew that rock wasn't going to change. I could just hold. My only responsibility was to just hold to the rock. I didn't have to look back and decide, how am I going to push the water back? How am I going to push the wave back? How am I going to stop the wind? My only priority was to hold the rock. But many of us in our storm, we take our hands off the rock and we try to push back the wave and push back the storm all by our own might. And God's call and God's assignment on your life is to just hold the rock. Build something on the rock. Just cling to the rock. Are you with me? So there's a great old hymn we're going to sing right here. I'm going to ask you to all stand to your feet. But I want us to worship our way because I think we all have places in our life where maybe we built on sand or maybe we're afraid to hold to the rock. But I'm encouraging you as we worship this, you may be going through a moment where you're just clinging to a rock. There's maybe a healing you're believing for, uh, frustration in your life or a financial situation. But I don't want us to just watch the band worship. I want us to look at these lyrics and believe. Not just say, Lord, Lord, but really mean, Lord, Lord, I worship you. I'm devoted to you. I'm I'm walking out in faith. My worship cry to you as we sing. Amen? Let's do it. Stop. 
yourself to the rock and nothing else matters nothing you hold firm to the rock and you see God do breakthrough amen